know, he has new days. Today is not the same as yesterday. We're never going to get yesterday back. But God is doing new things, and he had something new to do because Elijah's time on earth was coming to an end, and his ministry physically on earth was coming to an end. He knew he was going to leave. But just, what, what, just imagine if everything that Elijah had done had never been picked up, if you like, and built on and carried forward. What would Elijah's ministry have been all about? Anyway, so he departed from where he was and he found Elisha. He found Elisha, the son of Saphat, who was playing with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he was the 12th. Then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle or threw that which signified the presence of God on his life and the anointing of God and the work of the Spirit of God on his life. And he passed by him, he threw it onto him, onto Elisha. And Elisha left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, please let me kiss my father and my mother and then I will follow you. And he said to him, go back again for what have I done to you, for you, to you. So Elijah turned back from him, and he took a yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he arose and followed Elijah and became his servant. So there's this calling. We talked about this a little bit last week. We read this scripture, how Elijah comes along, throws his mantle onto Elisha, and then you know Elisha says, okay, let me just say goodbye, and we're off. Let's go for it. Elisha, you know, this is, this is, this is about the finding or the founding, finding and the picking up of the mantle and this crossing over and this moving forward. That the, this, It's not just about two men, but it's about the presence of God. As long as we hang on people a little bit too much. And we hang on systems, and we hang on, we hang on culture, and we can hang on programs, and we hang around things which are just, just, just there, if you like, to facilitate what God has to do in the lives of men and women. This is about the finding of Elisha, and then this picking up of the mantle, Elisha taking this mantle on, and crossing over and moving forward. And so part of this calling was moving forward. It was getting back from one side of the other, having seen Elijah, Elijah taken up. When Elijah leaves on these chariots, they come and take him. Elijah has to then cross back over and get on and pick up the mantle, pick up the ministry and take on, not Elijah, but the presence of God. You see, Elisha had a calling on his life. And you have a calling on your life. Do you believe that? Do you believe you've got a calling on your life? You know, it may not be a label in a sense, but there's a calling on your life. I hope you recognize that. See, because your life is greater than you are, and it involves moving forward. Some people don't change very much. They, 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 they become this central character in a story that is the same old story that, never, that always goes around the same mountain. Uh, and you may see people in your world, you know, having not seen them for a long time, uh, and, and they, are, they are totally different people. 
they're moving forward in their relationship with God. They're moving forward. They're doing things in life. You know, they're, they're alive. Their spirit's alive and excited about the things of the kingdom of God. And there's testimony. There's thanksgiving taking place in their life. And yet you may see, see somebody else who you've never seen or haven't seen for a number of years. And, and, and they open their mouth and the same story comes out. And you think, man, this is the same story you were telling me 25 years ago or three years ago or, 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 or a year ago. And so not a lot, is, is, is God not doing anything in your life? Are you not grasping what God has for you? Are you not grasping the, 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 the call you've got on your life to be greater than your, than your current and your present, to move into the things of God and see victory and, have, and to have testimony? Our, our story should look different, I believe, as we move on with the things of God. And so you've got, a, you've got a calling on you. You, know, you may not say this particular ministry call, but the day you got saved, you were called. I mentioned this last week. You may not say that it's a particular ministry call, but the day we get saved, we are called to live a life that goes further, that goes higher, and is set apart sacrificially to live by faith for the cause of Christ. And it can take... It, it, it becomes less about us. So that when Paul talks about what he went through and what, and what Christ has done for him, he says, oh, I, can't, I can't be found in Christ. That my life demonstrates what God has done for me. My life, doesn't just, my life isn't just about me, but it's about, it's, it's about the greater, the call. And Elisha gets called of God. He knows he has a call of God in his life. He's expecting Elijah to be taken in some way. He doesn't know how, but there's an expectancy in him. I trust you live with an expectancy in your spirit. There's an expectancy. So Elisha is expecting, he's, he's knowing that God has something for him. So, so he's living, living with that mindset. Paul said it was the love of Christ that compelled him. Or that drove him. It wasn't personal desire. It wasn't ambition. But it was the love of Christ. Not that Christ is just a lovely person. But the love which he demonstrated. The price he paid. The sacrifice he made. To make you a brand new person. Take you from where you were to where he has for you to go. And that is what drove Paul. You know, he was driven by that. You know, he did what he did. He, 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 he changed things in his life. He made adjustments. He, he suffered here and he suffered there. And he went through this and he went through that. But what drove him was the love of Christ. Compelled him to live his life. So you can be facing all sorts of challenges. I'm, I'm sure you, you've probably never faced a challenge in your life. But if just, if just by chance you come through, you have a situation in your life, in your life story, where you have a, a, a challenge. Come on, you need to trust the God of heaven and the love which he demonstrates to get you through. So you may feel nothing's like nothing's happening when you view your life through the lens of the love of Christ. It changes your perspective. 
You see things from a different level. You see things from a different position. It's like you put yourself in different shoes. You heard that phrase? Put yourself in, if I put myself in your shoes, if I put myself in these shoes, if I put myself, if I saw things from your position or if you saw things from my position, you'd see things differently. And when you view life and you see it through the love of Christ, it will change your perspective. See, you know where somebody's living from, by, from the way they speak. You know what I'm saying? You know where somebody is living from, from by the way they speak. See, you, you can be saved. Have a home in heaven. But maybe not live out of your renewed spirits. Because you, I've come across people who love Jesus. They've got a home in heaven. But things come out of their mouth. That's the, that, that is coming out. They come out of their old man, if you like. Come out of their old unrenewed spirits. An incredible thing took place when you got born again. And yet we choose how to live out of that place. We are to live spiritually minded. Do you believe that? Live and, 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 and allow things to come out from us. The Bible says, from out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. But then the Bible says, too, that from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. From the abundance of the heart, you press post. Hello? Do you hear what I'm saying? You have the world at your fingertips. Literally. Now, what a blessing social media is. What a tool. But what a weapon. How dangerous can that be? And yet how powerful, it could be powerful, but power, power works both ways, doesn't it? So out of the abundance of the heart and the mouth speaks. When something comes out of our mouth, it's out. And, 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 it, and it comes out because that's what's in there. And someone says something, you know, well, where did that come from? You know, a great word of wisdom or a great, you know, something so powerful and something that can be so life-changing. Where did that come from? Out of somebody's just come out, because it's in here. And then something so cutting can come. And something so rude can come or so just, you know, Evil, and where does it come from? If it comes, it, it can only come out because it's in here. And at some time, we put, the, put our guard down on our heart because the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. Guard it. Guard it. I tell you, it is so important that we guard. In these days, and I guess you, every generation will say in these days. Because in these days, wherever, whichever generation you are, you're facing things that are challenging. But in the days in which we live, 
the things you're not supposed to say and the things you can say and what you can do and what you can't do and all these sort of things that are going on around us and, and, and that we are to be politically correct in this and politically correct in that and we can't do this and we can't do that. All this stuff which is coming at us, we have to be so careful. Guard our hearts with all diligence. For out of it springs the issues of life and out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks and out of the abundance of the heart we press post. I'm going back to the calling that we have. You may not know exactly how to appropriate the truth that you're called, but trust the Holy Spirit. Trust the work of the Holy Spirit. That's why the, Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit is so vital to us to embrace. Recognize that you are spiritual and trust the Holy Spirit. You see, Elisha was to step into the shoes of Elijah. Elijah wasn't going to live forever. He had served the purpose of God in his generation. Now it was Elisha's time. It's now time for the next generation. Elisha had to pick up the mantle of Elijah, not Elijah. He had to recognize that it was the presence of God he was, he was, he was hungry for, not the man. Not to make a statue of, not to worship him, but to chase after the presence of God. See, God said to Joshua, didn't he, when he, before he was going to cross over the Jordan River, he says, Moses is dead. You know, Moses was here for a season in person. Moses, Moses is sometimes known as the greatest leader of all time. Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt and washed over them through the wilderness and brought so much too. God's people at that time, which we still, you know, live with today. It says, Moses is dead. It's time for you to cross over. And put the the man, Moses, behind you and pick up the mantle. See, we have to, sometimes though, you have to recognize when you have to really dig some old wells. And sometimes we can throw out the Moses, and we can throw out the Elijahs, but Joshua had to recognize that he was going to carry on now where Moses left off, but if you like, with Moses' mantle. And dig the, redig some of the old wells and recognize what produces life. I believe we live in days when there's some things maybe we need to redig. We were just talking just yesterday, I think it was. I was watching something of, of an interview with some of John Wimber's family and some of the early days of their ministry and or the early days of the renewal that came. We remind ourselves of some times when in our own life and ministry, do you remember when this happened? Do you remember when that happened? Do you remember this? And then there's some stuff there that is that we leave behind, but there's also some stuff that we have to maybe redig. Recognizing where there's life. So often we carry on th- carry on with things that are dead. And expect them to work. When you redig there with that which brings life, when you redig a well that brought life and you start to see that life coming forth, you know, you know it's God's. 
That's why you need the Holy Spirit. We're living in these days. This is our day. And God is looking for people, I believe, who will, I use the word, maybe it's a little bit rude, but get over themselves. You know, get out of this mindset of it's all about me. Elisha, Elisha would say, he's, he's, he knows he's got a call of God in his life. He knows he's going to take something on, but, he, but, he, but he's, he's still plowing the fields. You know, you say, we talk about whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all you've got. Do it with everything. And so he's not hanging around idly waiting for an opportunity, waiting for a position. But what he is doing, he's waiting to be found. He's positioning himself in a, where, where he can be found. I tell you, that's one of the things I used to always say, and I still said a little bit about church and being a part of the body of Christ in a local church, is you're positioning yourself in a place where you can be found. Not, not where you're going to be on Sunday, I'm going to be at church, or you can find me in church, that's where he wants me. No, but position yourself spiritually, position yourself in your mind, in your spirit mind, that you're, that you're ready, what am I doing, am I ready, and am I, am I available to be found? If God wants to use me, he needs to be able to find me. And so Elijah knew where to find Elisha. God is looking, I believe, for people who, who are willing and are waiting to be found. He's found working. He's found doing something. It doesn't sound very significant. It doesn't sound very spiritual. Basically, he spends his day looking at the backside of a cow. Does that sound very, does that sound very appetizing to you? Uh, because I've spent a lot of time with cows, and I know there's something they would do very well. And they can do it. All pretty much all the time. Elijah is spending his life looking at the backside of a cow, walking behind his plow, just doing what needs to be done. Doesn't seem very spiritual, but he's positioned himself because his mind is set on being found. And so we see the moment that God, the moment he recognized that, 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 it's like the light switched on, you know, the, the revelation comes, you know, when revelation comes, it's like light switching on. And the opportunity is there, you know, you can, you can just be plowing your field for a long time. And all of a sudden, there's a change in the spiritual atmosphere and everything changes. But he's got to be ready. And so Elisha, Elisha then burns his plows and eats his cows. And he, and he leaves behind everything. He walks away from everything which contains him to do things in his own strength. And then, of course, we know that he chases after Elijah. He allows himself to be found. And he only experiences what God has for him because he allowed himself to be found. He positioned himself to be found. He, he recognized then that he was found for a purpose. See, when we get born again, our life 
is not about us. It's about the greater cause. He recognized there's a purpose greater than himself. You know, I said last week, I think it was, some people see very little beyond themselves because they view everything through themselves, usually through their feelings and through their emotions. They see very little beyond themselves. And, 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 and in doing that, you, 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 you're not allowing yourself, in a sense, to be found. Because you're so tied up and so enveloped in yourself. See, they, they don't get found because they're not moved by what moves Christ, by, by, by what moved Paul. And what, the love of Christ compels me. See, what should move the church? The love of Christ. What should move, move me? The love of Christ. And so Elisha then puts behind him his old life that moved him. Presumably he was walking behind a cow every day and plowing fields because he was taking care of his family, taking care of his responsibilities, the needs which he had in his life. That's what moved him. I guess we wouldn't have, you wouldn't have jobs, wouldn't need to work, job if you weren't moved by the need to pay your mortgage and your bills. We're driven by things, aren't we? And so Elisha recognizes that now there's this calling on his life. You know, it's, it's getting close to the time when he's going to pick up from where Elijah leaves off. And so he puts behind him, I think I mentioned last week, he closes doors by burning plows and killing his cows and eating his cows. He puts behind him and he closes doors and closes opportunities for him to go back to live the way he lived when he was being moved by, if you like, carnal things. And so he burns his plows, he eats his cows, and chases after Elijah. Elijah. And, and that, that then, it, it drives Elisha to pursue the presence of God. In 2 Kings and chapter 2 and verse 9, we read that, and so it was when they had crossed over that Elisha said, what shall I do for you? Because Elisha was, Elijah was giving Elisha every opportunity to go back to his old life, to go back to his old way. But Elisha said, no, I've been found. I've been found. I wonder if Paul hadn't, hadn't written yet, but he said, I, I, that I, I want to be found in Christ. I don't want to miss what God has for me. I want it to be said that, he, he, I, that I, I was found in Christ. Of course, he wasn't, but because Christ hadn't come and Paul hadn't written what he wrote. But he wanted to be found serving the purposes of God in his generation and taking up what Elisha left and what Elisha was carrying. So it was when they had crossed over that Elisha, Elijah said to Elisha, ask what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? And Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened as they continued on the talk that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire. 
and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha saw it and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and his horsemen. So he saw him no more and took took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. He also took up the mantle that Elijah had fallen from him. And he went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him, and he struck the water and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had struck the water, it was divided this way and that, and Elisha crossed over. So Elisha has this desire that a double portion would fall on me. Speaking not so much that he would have twice as much, but referring to the double portion, which was for the was recognition of the firstborn. And that sealed who he was, if you like. And then he doesn't keep his eyes off of Elijah because he knows he's been found. He knows he has the call of God in his life. He knows there is something greater than he's experienced before. And he is pursuing the presence of God. And he knows if he misses it, if he doesn't see Elijah go, he's not going to receive it. This is what's driving him. Because he's been found. He's been found. See, being, being found leaves you with a choice. It leaves you with a choice. You have then have to choose whether you follow through that finding or you go back to your plows and your cows. It leaves you with a choice. You know, many years ago, we, when we did a carnival, we did a, <laughs> we did a carnival float. We, we were running a youth group in, youth, in a church, local church. We, we, had to, we said we'd do a carnival. And have a big float. So let's see if we can get a big float. How do you get a car- how do you do a carnival? A big float. So you have all the kids dress up, and we had, you know, we we make some statement. So I so I I found a farmer who had a big John Deere tractor, not a little lawnmower thing, you know, John Deere, not a little, but a big one. And I said, "What's the biggest trailer you've got?" He said, "A thirty-foot trailer." We got. So I said, "Can I borrow your thirty-foot trailer on your big John Deere?" For one Saturday. And he says, yeah, take it away. <laughs> so so for previous to that, we'd had our youth group come on our front lawn of our house. Painting and making this. I can't remember quite what it looked like. But we had these big, we bought big boards down the 30-foot length of this trailer. And said, the choice is yours. The choice is yours. And we had the young people on this float. And, and, and we found <laughs> his health and safety was like a thing that wasn't, it hadn't been invented yet, I don't think. And in the back of the church, we were in, there's this big old wooden cross. And we strapped it on the front of this John Deere tractor. And uh, we drove it all through Corf Mullen and that. And, uh, and actually, we, were, we, we won heaven or hell, that's right, sort of thing, you know, fire and brimstone. <laughs> no way, 666 or that sort of thing and that sort of thing. And, um, and actually, you know, in, in our category, we aren't first prize. <laughs> well, if you're the only one in the category, <laughs> I don't know what category I think, they made one, made one up for us, you know, holy rollers or something, you know. But we make it, what I'm trying to say is when, you, when you've been found, you have to choose. 
You have to choose. Being found in him leaves you with a choice. And he is pursuing, the, he's pursuing not the Elijah church, but he's pursuing the presence of God. That he might be found in him. He's pursuing the presence of God. And when, he, when, when Elijah is gone, Elijah, Elisha doesn't want to be the next, particularly the next Elijah. I think there are times when, when, when men and women of God, you know, die and pass on and go to heaven. Because there's sometimes been a, been a, been a trying to recreate that person. But now what is, what is picked up is the mantle, the spirit. I remember watching when, a long time before Reinhard Bonker passed away. He saw how Daniel Kalenda, it's like he'd been found. He's, he's not Reinhard Bonker reincarnated. He is Daniel Kalenda, carrying that same spirit. And it is so different in many ways, but it is so powerful. You hear what I'm saying? And so Elisha is found and he pursues the presence of God. And he, and he stays so close to Elijah. We don't know how many days it was or how long it was. But you can imagine Elisha not even going to sleep. Because he's known if I miss this. I believe we need to live our lives ready. Ready to be found. Live our lives ready to pick up what God has for our generation. I believe churches need to be ready to pick up what God has for the generations in which we live. Many times church can look, can look very much the same year in, year out just with maybe different people and older people. <laughs> but we need to be ready to be found and to pick up what God has for us. And so Elijah, Elijah goes and, Elijah, of course, Elisha sees it and he knows that if he sees it, he's going to receive that and more of what Elisha had and he's going to live with this recognition and this position of responsibility. Church, we live with responsibility. We're spiritual men and women who are called of God for this generation. And we need to be, I believe, open and, and ready to be, to be found. We need to be also be ready to step in when the moment is. And so Elijah sees, goes, Elisha sees him go. It must have been like, I, I, now's my moment. But it's not about me. So he picks up the mantle that is left with this, which signified the presence of God and the power of God, which, which, which if you like, was that which, like the recognition that the power of God, the Spirit of God was on Elijah. He picks it up. And of course, he's, now he's the wrong side of the river. 
to give back a cross. So he picks it up, you know what he says, and he, and he grabs it, and he says, you know, where is, where is the Lord God of Elijah? The one who found me. And from that moment, he starts to, starts to trust in the God of Elijah. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And of course, as because it's not Elijah he's, he's, he's following, Elijah, Elijah is gone. He strikes the water and the waters part. That's where the God of Elijah is. That's where his presence is. It's been picked up and God is looking for people who will say, you know, where is the God of Elijah in my situation? Where is the God of heaven above? Where is the God who saved me? Where is the God who heals me? Where is the God who brings restoration? You know, Elijah had, Elijah had seen it in Elijah, so he knew it was possible. That's why it's important, I believe, that we watch and we listen to and we take note of men and women of God. So we're aware of what God is doing and what God is able to do. Because the Bible says he's no respecter of persons. What he can do for you, he can do for me. What he can do for me, he can do for you. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. This word is, is, is never changing. So, no, you know, one word from God is enough. It is possible. One word from God can change. But it, it takes people, I believe, who will live that life of sin. You know, where is the God of Elijah? Where is the God of heaven himself? That's who I'm living for. That's who I'm putting my trust in. He, he wasn't about, I don't believe it. I believe it. Elisha got away from his feelings. It's like it's make or break. On the wrong side of the river, I've got to get to the other side. Where is the God of Elijah? And the God of Elijah. It's not, it wasn't Elijah, but it was the God of Elijah. And we've got to be a people, I believe, who, can be, who, are, who are making ourselves available to be found. To be ready, to be willing, to burn plows and eat cows. Well, sorry, you vegetarians. But <laughs> and here I'm saying, he's putting behind himself. He's, he's, he, you know, he cannot say, where is, where is the God of my past life? Where is the God of my employer? Where is the God of my education? Education's good, employer's good. But he's saying, where is the God of Elijah? The God of heaven himself. Who with one word spoke the world into existence. Where is the God? To be found. You know that a few years later, Jesus left this earth. He's on this earth. He leaves the earth. He says, I'm going to promise you the Holy Spirit. He's going to fill you with power. Not just a feeling, but with power from on high. But you're going to have to, be wait. You're going to, have to wait in Jerusalem. You're going to have to wait till I send him. So who said gatherings aren't important? <laughs> who said gatherings aren't important when God has promised? 
You just have to wait in Jerusalem. And the number of people that he spoke that to, I think it was something like 500 or maybe, was left with 120 people who said, we're just going to wait. We're just going to hang around here. We're just going to make ourselves, make ourselves available. We're going to wait until we are found. And there's 120 people on the day of Pentecost were all in one place at one, in one time. The Bible says they were in one place and in one accord. They were all together. They were in a building. Maybe not on blue chairs, but they were in a building. They were together in a, in a compound. They'd been eating together, sharing together, you know, talking together, discussing together, you know, just praying together, believing together, hoping together. Where is the God who promised us the Holy Spirit? And on that day of Pentecost, they're found in that place. And the Bible says they're all gathered in one place. And this came as a sign of a mighty rushing wind. And the Holy Spirit came in and sat on them like tongues of fire. And they all started to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance. And mayhem broke out, basically. Because there are a bunch of people who are willing to be found. And then start, that throws, starts throwing up some choices, doesn't it? The religious folk come along and the critics come along and the grumbly people come along and the miserable people come along and the self-seeking people come along. What's all this about? And they're just drunk and crazy. And Peter stood up, the Bible says on the day of Pentecost, these men aren't drunk as you suppose, this is only the third hour. Because this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all day, on all men, on all flesh. How did that happen? Because 120 people were willing to be found. Because previously, that 12 people had been found. And we're giving a choice. Well, Jesus said, well, you, when people start to leave and go away, are you going to leave me as well? They said to the 12, and Peter looks up and says, no. There's nowhere else to go. We've been found. We've made a choice. You have the words of eternal life. We're, we're going nowhere. And Peter, earlier on the day of Pentecost, you've been found, and there's 120 have been found. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall dream dreams. And my men servant, I made some, so I will pour out my spirit in those days. And there will be signs and wonders and thunders. And mayhem. And the church was birthed. The church was birthed. And 3,000 people in that crowd who, who, had been, who had been found. Because that which took place got their attention. They'd been found and said, what must we do? The Bible says they were cut to the heart. And Peter says, repent. Choose. Choose, repent from this perverse generation and be baptized, every one of you. 
And the church was birthed, wasn't it? Why? Because men and women were, posi- were, were willing and positioned themselves to be found. And it wasn't about people. It was about the Spirit of God and the power of God. And church, I want to encourage you to position yourselves so that you can be found to, to move and step into what God has for you. talking about locationally or anything like that, but, but just step, in, step into what God has for you. And rewrite your story according to what God has done for you and is what he's wanting to do for you. And start living for the God of Elijah or the God of heaven. Where is the God of Elijah? I believe, church, we need to be a people who are living by faith based on what Christ has done for us. And we live, we live in the different, a different side of the cross than Elisha lived. When the Spirit of God was just like on one person, we're living in a different dispensation. We're living in the days of the church of Jesus Christ. We're living in the days when the Holy Spirit has been poured out on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, will be prophetic. You know, we see how the, the, the sons of the prophets turned up when Elisha was, was, was called and when Elisha was, was there with the, with, the, with, with the, where is the God of Elisha? Prophet, the prophetic always turns up with his power. Come in to stir up what God has for us in these days. Amen. Stir up what God has for us in these days. We live in the greatest day. We don't live last century. We don't live in the next century. Well, we do live last. Some of us do live in. Our, you know, we're around in the last century, weren't we? But Come on. Who's in here this morning ready to be found? Let's stand on our feet this morning. If you're ready to be found, you know, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to find you afresh this morning. You know, he, he wants to touch you this morning. If, you, if you're open this morning in these few minutes as we close out today, if you're here this morning, you say, I'm ready, I'm waiting, I'm willing to be found. Do something fresh in me today, Lord God. Touch me with your spirit this morning in this house. I'm, I've gathered, in, just like those guys on the day of Pentecost, 120 of them in one upper room, you know, and the Holy Spirit came. I'm willing, Lord God, to be found. Father, I pray that every person who says, I'm, I'm willing to be found. Come and touch every person this morning, I pray. Touch every person. Just worship for a few moments.